Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What up, Fightful fam, and welcome to 1-2 Punch. Player 1, Shaquille Madjui. Player 2, 8-Bit, James Lynch. Back home on Fightful, and I don't think I messed up the recording this time. How's it going, James? It's going well. Now that you didn't mess up the recording, I think everything's great. Uh, Thanks for having me back on, man. Dude, it's a treat, and I know the viewers are going to be excited because uh, you were sort of one of the OGs when it comes to Fightful, especially on the MMA end. Uh, thank you for taking the time out of doing a thousand other podcasts of your own. I'm not sure how you even managed to squeeze me in. Uh, Google Calendar. It's uh, very helpful. I use that a lot, and uh, that's how I was able to do this. So I appreciate you having me on, man. For sure, man. And we'll get to all the great work you're doing. But first, just a reminder, folks, this is One Two Punch. If it's your first time listening, it's news talk, but on a win-lose-draw system. What that means is we're going to highlight some of the week's biggest winners and losers before drawing up a little preview for nothing because there's no fights this saturday but maybe we'll touch on uh, all the excitement that is to come with fight island without further ado let me hit this animated intro fancy there we go just a heads up guys uh please subscribe tap the notification bell leave a like on this video can't tell you how much all that does to help us do what we do and thank you for helping us hit our New Year's goal of 3,000 subscribers. Very excited about that. Uh, hit us up in the chat. We'll get to all your questions, comments, concerns. Leave a super chat donation if you're feeling extra generous. Leave a dollar. Leave a thousand. I've got my preference, but it's all good. That's enough of me shilling out, James. Uh, let's start with this. Winners and losers. I unfortunately think I got more losers this week than winners, so you might have to help me fill the void a bit, but I want to no start worries. on the bright side. Um I'm going to say this is a weird win for Max Holloway. He's been sort of in this tough title picture with uh, Alex Volkanovsky. Lost the first fight, lost the second fight. Both were uh, close in a lot of fans' eyes, but especially that second fight. And, you know, this may seem like a bit of a downgrade going from title fights and pay-per-views to headlining a fight night, but I think this is probably the fight he needs to recalibrate. Calvin Cater is obviously super game as an opponent but uh it it seems like max needed a little bit of fresh scenery uh what do you make of him sort of leaving the title picture for a short moment 
I think it's great. And I think this is a good fight. Uh, it's keeping both guys active. You know, there's been a couple, you know, fighters in that division that, you know, just had fights fall out or things moved around, you know, Zabit and Yaya Rodriguez specifically. Um, and, and, you know, I, th I think it's just a, a good fight for Calvin as well, because, you know, he made a really good, uh, you know, mark in 2020. Uh, with his wins and I think it's well-deserved and I think for Max you know it's good for him to not fight someone named Alex Volkanovsky I think it's good to switch things up a little bit and you know what a way to kick off 2021 for the UFC with this fight because it's it's great it's going to be on ABC and it's a close fight you know uh, I do you know I do the fighter predictions I mean a lot of fighters are sort of torn on this fight uh, with the improvements that Calvin has made and then obviously a lot of people feeling like Max Holloway did not lose that last fight to Alex Volkanovsky so um, I think this is just great matchmaking here and it also gives a bit of breathing room between what I think is going to end up being Alexander Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega next so there's a lot of interesting things that could happen from this fight going forward in the featherweight division yeah and uh, let me quickly ask you before I make my point uh, are you in the Max Holloway was robbed the second time out camp I wasn't. I actually scored the fight for Volkanovski, and I got a lot of hate for it. Uh, but but here's my justification, Shaq. Uh, a lot of people, when they say the, the, the R word, the robbery word, uh, I think you need to go look at the entire fight. And if you can tell me that Max Holloway won every single round, then I would agree with you. But I think most people would agree at least Volkanovski won a couple of those rounds. Um, I felt, I think it was the third round. I have to go back. I mean, it's a couple months ago when that fight happened. But I remember thinking that was the one where people were kind of, you know, going back and forth because Holloway, I believe, dropped uh, Volkanovski or at least, you know, knocked him down. And so people felt like that should have counted more than what Volkanovski did in terms of the overall striking. I think uh, Volkanovski had landed more, but Holloway had the two, uh, you know, drop down. So it's, it's obviously a very close fight, but to me, a robbery is where you don't win a single round. Like Diego Sanchez, Ross Pearson, That's that was a robbery. That comes to mind. Exactly. I mean, I don't know how you could score a single round for Diego Sanchez in that fight. Uh, whereas with this fight, I think even the biggest Max Holloway fan has to admit that Volkanovski at least won run, one of those rounds. So not a robbery, but nonetheless... Holloway, I think, still has shown that he is at the top of this division. And I think with Calvin, he's had opportunities to get in that spot. You know, he had the setback against Moicano, which I think a lot of people forget about. And then he lost his a beat in a fight where he was really turning things around later in the fight. And you do wish that would have been five rounds, but this will be a good test for him. What I'm really interested in is the durability of both fighters. You know, Cater never been finished. Holloway, you know, tough to finish as well, too. So, um, you know, if it does go five rounds, it'll get very interesting in those later rounds for both fights to see who can, both fighters to see who can uh, dig deep and, and get the win. Yes, and I want to go to the chat very quickly. Joseph Boza chimes in with another win, which is that uh, Max versus Cater is officially on US, UFC on ABC1. Historic card network, network television. Um this kind of came out of the blue. Like, when I heard the news, I was like, what's happening? It's not really something that was even on my radar. Uh, is this as big of a deal for the UFC as some people are making it to have them on ABC television? Absolutely. This is a huge deal. And uh, it's not entirely surprising when you think of the fact that Disney owns ESPN and Disney obviously works with or owns a ABC as well or has a share in it. So, I mean, this was bound to happen in terms of sharing the wealth a little bit. Same thing with Fox, right? They moved uh, the UFC on a number of different Fox channels. So, um, but this, this is a much bigger deal than being on Fox, in my opinion, because Fox, while it is network television, it was always kind of and still is kind of considered sort of the fringe, sort of a little bit more edgy network television. But ABC is about as wholesome as it gets. So I'm really interested to see Who's going to actually tune into this in terms of, uh, you know, the audience? Because, you know, typically an ABC audience is not an MMA fan audience, right? I know they have had boxing on in the past, but I think it'll be very interesting to see just the demographics of who's going to be tuning into this fight, especially with it being on network television, because it's not like you need to download an app or do anything like that. You can be flipping the channels and you'll be seeing UFC on your television. So I think that's just a, a great win for the fighters. It's good to see MMA get to a wider audience, but 
I'm going to predict this now, Shaq. I'll say this right now. There will be an article coming out of the, the, the fight where someone's going to say that MMA is too barbaric. I'm calling it right now because it's going to hit an audience that normally doesn't see MMA. And I know there's going to be someone just salivating at the mouth to write something critical of, of MMA. Nothing will have the adrenaline of grandma, grandpa, and the kids pumping like Holloway and Cater bludgeoning each other for five hard rounds. Uh, Black Sheep chimes in, dude, that Irwin news is crazy. Yes, we will obviously get to Irwin Rivera on the down section, unfortunately. Um, last thing on, on Holloway. I can't help but think if Brian Ortega manages to beat Alex Volkanovsky, that's sort of a best-case scenario for Max because it's really hard right now to justify, no matter how close the fights were, no matter how you scored them, it's really hard to justify three fights between Holloway and Volkanovsky in the span of like 365 days when Volkanovsky is up 2-0. But if Ortega wins, I think you probably see Holloway Ortega before you see Ortega Volkanovsky too. I completely agree because of the way Max Holloway beat Ortega. I think people forget that there was a dominant win. I mean, Ortega was not in that fight at all. I was in Toronto. I was at that card. Uh, it was a total beatdown, and that's why it was so um, impressive to see Ortega after that huge layoff come back and beat the Korean Zombie the way he did, especially with his improved striking. So you're absolutely right, Shaq. Uh, Holloway's in kind of this weird spot right now because if you remember, obviously, last year he went up to lightweight and did not go well for him. He lost to Dustin Poirier. Um, so if he loses this fight, I do think he probably does go to lightweight because, I mean, the chances of him fighting for a title or you know much further back uh not to say that lightweight's any easier but at least it'd be a change of scenery you wouldn't have to cut that extra weight i do think we might see max holloway at lightweight if he does not come out victorious against calvin cater uh, next saturday you're absolutely right my three favorite words to hear thank you james uh someone's yeah. asking in the chat is it pronounced cater or qatar like the it's region. cater it's, it's cater. cater yeah it is cater okay uh, on that note, are there any other winners you want to give some attention to before we move on to our many, many, many losers of the week? Um, you know what? I'll just say it. I know it's not going to be a popular opinion, but I think Paige Van Zandt getting her fight book for Bare Knuckle. Uh, sure. You know, she she made it, you know, now that I've kind of had the chance to digest the news and I remember when it first happened, I'm like, Bare Knuckle. I mean, Paige is not really known as a boxer. Like, why are you going over there? But the more I think about it, look, she's getting paid well. They're going to give her opponents. I think, uh, you know, there's Britain Hart's no, uh, you know, pushover by any means. But uh, in terms of overall experience, you know, Paige Van Zandt's, you know, been doing martial arts a lot longer as far as I know. And I think it's a it's a good move for her. And it's, it's interesting because maybe Maybe this will start a trend where we'll see more fighters, you know, try other avenues, other disciplines, whether it's bare knuckle or kickboxing or whatever, to see a fighter use their brand and utilize it very well. And, and the other winner I'll highlight this week as well, kind of on that same note, is Anthony Pettis. I mean, mm -hmm. great move for him going to PFL. He's going where the money is. He's going, you know, where he can have more success. I don't think anyone, even the biggest Anthony Pettis fan, felt like Anthony Pettis was going to get back to the championship ranks in the UFC. So for him to go to PFL have a chance at a million dollars. And guess what? Even if that doesn't work out, he's working with a promotion that's going to help his new management company as well. So I think Pettis is also a big winner here as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, I know you're aware of this because you're hardwired into the brain of MMA. But for those who aren't, a uh, quick shout out to UFC Unfiltered, who whoever was dealing with like oh, I saw that the beef. video or the audio of the podcast. Kudos to Alex Lee for spotting that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, shout out to Alexander Kaylee over at uh, MMA Fighting and probably the worst Among Us player I've ever come across. He, uh, on the UFC Unfiltered podcast, they left notes and timestamps saying, remove mention of Anthony Pettis. And there was like eight of them over the course of the podcast. So uh, yeah. some tech difficulties lately with the UFC. Uh, the UFC's Twitter bot was sending out DMs claiming that Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor was going to be for a world lightweight title. So uh, 
whole lot it of could, I, you know what i i would not be surprised if it does end up being for yeah, a title I agree. you know i mean it's five rounds think about it it's five rounds already so they don't have to change anything and i think it's an easier sell for everyone if you call it a title fight than if you don't i've always said this all along that you know the second habib retired i know he's not officially retired but I, they want Connor to be champ again. There's no doubt about that. I, I think the closer they can get Connor to the belt, the better it is for business. So, um, you know, I do, obviously someone pulled the trigger a little bit too soon, but uh, I, I think it might end up being for a title. I mean, don't be surprised if they switch things around uh, getting closer to fight week that that will be for a vacant title or interim title or title period. doesn't matter. I think it is best for the lightweight division if Habib stays retired. And that is both for yep. me. And I don't necessarily mean for profits or for Dana White's best interest or for the fans' best interest, but uh, Habib being a dominant fighter, remarkable, remarkably amongst one of the toughest divisions in the UFC, it opens up a whole lot of really interesting possibilities between Connor, Dustin, Justin Gaethje, Dan Hooker, Michael Chandler, Charles Oliveira. It's a very exciting time for lightweight, and uh, I just like to see the rare fighter be able to sort of stick to their principles and not sort of be swayed by the money of the UFC from time to time. It's a nice thing to see. Uh, before we move on, Black Sheep is asking, do you think it's better to train at a boxing gym or MMA gym for BKFC? Uh, as someone who's obviously not a fighter or a coach, <laughs> I would assume if you're going to be fighting in the one discipline of boxing, you're better off going to a boxing gym. What's yeah. your take on it? Uh, that, yeah, same thing. It's uh, it's more specialized. You're going to focus specifically because MMA is different. I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, I actually I interviewed Amanda Hebas yesterday and uh, she was telling me that, you know, while she's because uh, her and Paige train together now, which is crazy because they fought last year. Now they're teammates. But, you know, uh, Hebas was talking about how she really wants to showcase her striking in this fight. One of the things I asked her was, you know, is it how has it been working on your striking with Paige? And she, you know, pointed out very, you know, uh, uh, you know, just make, making a point to, to mention that, you know, what she's training in terms of striking, what page are is a little bit different. So the MMA striking is a little bit different than what you would have in, you know, bare knuckle or, or boxing. So it is there, there's slight variations, but yeah, I think boxing, boxing gym is your best bet. Yeah. It's sort of uh, the trade-off of training mixed martial arts is you sort of have to uh, compromise on some of the technical qualities of each discipline to sort of uh, fill gaps where, you know, you can't, be so high with your boxing guard in MMA sense because you're going to be more susceptible to takedowns, right? And so you sort of have to get concede in some areas of technical training for each sport to sort of mesh it on together. James Court says, Lynch back on Fightful, good shit. Yes, it's, it's always great to have you here, James. Uh, okay, let's move on to the losers of the week. Before we do, quick midpoint reminder, guys. Hit subscribe, tap the notification bell, leave a like on this video. Our uh, UFC fighters react to street beefs is doing really great traffic. So thank you guys all for checking that out. It seems like everyone except the owner of street beefs really liked it. Um, otherwise, actually, I'm going to touch on that real quick. Yeah, um, let's do it. In the event that someone from street beefs is watching. First of all, thank you guys for letting me use your footage. That was very thoughtful of you guys. Uh, and there will be more videos coming out. Listen, these are pro fighters with no context watching people brawl in the backyard. Some of them, like Drakkar Close and Max Griffin, are going to really like it. Some, like Felicia Spencer and John Fitch, not as much. And I will say, as the quality of the fights improved throughout the videos, they were more and more uh, open-minded to it. You know, it's the trade-off of doing what you guys do. I'm a fan. Drakkar Close is down to compete in Street Beefs, actually, he says, so... 
Yeah, and it's, you know, I, I want to bring this up as well, because I get, uh, like, you know, I do the fighter predictions as well, and I see a lot of people saying, like, oh, these people don't know what they're talking about. It's just an opinion. It's the yeah. same thing with what you're doing. When, with reaction videos, it's an opinion to something. Like, no one's going out there and saying that something's good or bad or whatever. You just have to take it as this is their opinion on the on the thing, and you can't take it personally. Like, it's funny. We're in, a, we're in an industry where people punch each other in the face, but there's some really sensitive people out there. It's nuts. Yeah, and that, that's the reality of it, too. It's like, you know, people are like, oh, if you knew the backstory of Street Beast, which I'm familiar with, and I think there are pros and cons to it i like the concept of giving uh you know potentially violent gang members uh a, a safe a relatively safe space to sort of uh deal with their beefs which is you know sort of the foundation of how street beef started great thing fact that you're not paying the guys not a great thing right so there's gonna yeah. be pros and cons and you know people are like oh uh they don't know anything about street beefs yada yada i'm like yeah these fighter I, th- this is the thing i think with the predictions to these uh, fans should understand it's like you're not get telling these fighters ahead of time, hey, I need you to think long and hard about each of these 12 fights I'm about to ask you. You just pose the question. They give a snapshot answer. It's meant to be in good fun. Exactly. And that's the thing I like to point out. And then when I say, you know, people are like, oh, I can't believe these experts got it. No one's calling them experts. Like, look, fighters train. They've got families. They've got other things going on. They're not in the basement studying tape all the time on every single fight. Like, believe it or not, like they don't have time to do that. Right. And there's people who do and all the credit to them. But it's just it's just an opinion. People got to relax a little bit. Yes. But anyways, thank you to Street Beast for letting us use the content. The video has been great. The feedback for the most part has been really great. So there's more of those coming out. Um, and a whole bunch of other tier list reaction content. So stay tuned. Okay. I keep shilling. That's not what people are here for. Uh, losers. And let me preface this first and foremost by saying I am not calling I am not calling the victims losers by any means. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not even going to call the alleged perpetrator a loser because I don't know what's going on with their mental health. But the news did come out uh, yes, on, yesterday on Thursday, unfortunately, that Erwin uh, Rivera, UFC fighter, was arrested and charged on two counts of premeditated murder after allegedly stabbing both of it or two of his sisters. Um, one is, from my understanding, in critical condition. The other is okay. Uh, both covered with stab wounds head to toe. Um, wow, this was insane. A few hours ago, his uh, one of his sisters, uh, I'll get the name in a moment because I'm not sure on the pronunciation. Um Leslie, I think it's Le- it's L E Z L Y E. Apologies, I'm mispronouncing that. Put out a very thoughtful statement, being like, "Guys, our brother's not well right now. Um, he wasn't training, which is unusual. He, uh, we went to check on him. Unfortunately, he was too far gone. Man, first and foremost, I gotta give props to this woman for um, having enough love in her soul to sort of stand by her brother and say, "Look, something is deeply wrong, and and please support him. We want." him to get better because uh that's man that's a traumatic situation all the way around uh what's your sort of take on what happened with Irwin and his family shocking obviously um I I didn't I haven't covered a ton of Irwin Rivera I mean I've watched his fights I've you know uh I even watched some of his fights in, in Titan FC so I know a little bit about him I've actually never interviewed him before but uh he um uh, I mean, everything that I've seen from teammates of his that, you know, Andre Sukumta had a, had a sort of a sad post yesterday, you know, just talking about how, like, this is not the guy I know. And you just, the thing that really stands out to me, and obviously I'm not a doctor or expert in this field whatsoever. This is just my opinion, but that quote, you know, really stood out to me where he says a higher power told me to do this. And, you know, we, you know what it reminded me of was 
you remember in, uh, I think it was Alberta, uh, years ago, there was that guy at the party who had the samurai sword. I think it was a sword or a knife or something and stabbed someone at the party using that exact same word. And so what we know, you know, from that case was that that was, you know, obviously mental health issues and someone just going far gone and a little bit psychotic. And, and that's, that's immediately what I thought of. And it's just, it's, you know, I, I could be a combination of things, mental health, it could be, you know, a CTE was another thing that was sort of thrown around. Yeah. But uh, I have seen a lot of unfortunate comments, because I actually went and looked at his Instagram. And I was just curious to see, you know, if this type of was there any sort of, uh, you know, behavior that was a little bit out of out of whack a little bit. And he had a I think the last thing on his Instagram was a video five days ago, talking about some of the books he was reading as a kid, and he seemed completely normal. So it just goes to show that, uh, you know, the human mind's a very weird thing, a very complex thing. I mean, I, I think, if you're anyone that's going on his Instagram or social media, or you're attacking their teammates, just don't. I mean, no one understands the situation. I, I'm not being sympathetic towards him. I don't know enough about the situation, but um, you know, it's very complex. It's, there's no one answer there, but I, I think the, the biggest thing is you hope that, you know, the family's healing at this point, because it's a very tragic thing that's happened. Uh, you know, whether, you know, like you said, it sounds like both of them have survived, which is, you know, great news. And that's sort of what we're hearing, but um, yeah, just, just really sad. And I, I you know, you, you do wonder with CTE, because, uh, you know, we've seen this in the NFL. They did a whole movie on it where, you know, former players and, you know, other sports as well. Hockey, we're hearing issues of, you know, fighters that have retired and not being themselves. So you just hope they, if we can learn anything from this, if you want to take a glass half full sort of approach from this, I think it's just another reminder that people get hit in the head for a living. And, you know, there are consequences from that. Yes, potentially. I'm not going to get into this subject, but uh, it does give me some reminders of uh, the Chris Benoit situation. Yeah, to tie it back to pro wrestling. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a, probably a good place to leave it on, considering uh, we've kind of got limited information right now. But most important thing, like you said, it looks like the sisters are going to survive, and, and it's good to see that that family bond uh, is still intact. Okay, let's move on to someone I'm looking forward to clowning a little bit, and that is uh, former UFC champion and city councilman of Huntington Beach, Tito Ortiz, who has been nothing, nothing but pure entertainment, possibly the best of his career ever since uh, taking a shot at politics. He got booted from a uh, city council meeting because he refused to wear his mask. And, you know, he goes into his vehicle afterwards, he's shooting a video, and he kind of just looked and sounded like a kid who got put in timeout. Um, have you been enjoying this this latest chapter of Tito Ortiz's life as much as I have? So I have a different approach on this, Shaq, and it's probably good that we're disagreeing on something here a little bit. I think it's kind of tragic to see what Tito Ortiz has become because, you know, I think the first time the UFC ever got in my radar was a Tito Ortiz, you know, just hearing his name. He was sort of back in the day when I had heard about the UFC, he was sort of one of the big names back then. I remember he did that episode of Friends. Do you remember that years ago? Um, and it's just, it, it's kind of a bummer to see what Tito has become at this point because for all the newer fans now, he's this punchline and, you know, it's self-inflicted in, in terms of, some of the stuff he said, the anti-mask stuff, the Trump stuff. There's a lot of different stuff. Again, you know, not going to get into politics here, but to me, it's, I, I don't, I like, I, I honestly don't laugh at it because I just, I think it's, it's just really upsetting to see what Tito's become because, you know, everyone knows him now as his punchline, as opposed to, you know, a guy that really did help the UFC in the early days. I mean, those rivalries with Ken Shamrock and, and Chuck Liddell, I mean, were some of the best, uh, you know, rivalries back when the UFC was getting its feet off the ground, so to speak, uh, from from the dark ages. So, um, you know, I don't I don't really partake in a lot of that. I, I think it's I think it's sad more than anything. I think he's, you know, uh, getting the wrong information, being surrounded by the wrong people. I interviewed him last year on the red carpet at the MMA awards. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. Yeah. I, um, you know, I just, 
I'm maybe I'm being a little bit too Canadian on this and, and polite, but uh, I, I just think it's a little bit sad to see what Tito's become because I think, uh, like I said, when you look back on his career, people are going to look at the you know Twitter accounts that are clipping out all the mm-hmm. stuff that he says on social media, as opposed to you know him winning a title or him you know really becoming one of the first trash talkers in the UFC that could hype up a fight and all that. So that that's my approach on it. I, I just uh, when I see it, I kind of. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Just like, you know, I shake my head and I think, you know, what could have been, you know, as a, you know, you look, look at a guy like Forrest Griffin, who's, you know, his UFC career has been now, you know, working with the athletes and doing something really positive. And with Tito, it's just been, you know, a lot of negativity, which is unfortunate. James Lynch, party pooper. There you go. Exactly. No, I know. I I, I know. Listen, I, I get it. There's a lot of people who I know get a lot of entertainment out of Tito, but just you know knowing from the small interactions i've had with them i i think it's it's yes. kind of a bummer that's kind of how I, I i've definitely it. i've interviewed T, uh tito ortiz once prior to the alberto el patron the fight. real fight yeah. and um yeah. he was he was uh, he was a very good interview very uh generous with his time uh, but you know it's you become a public figure this is this is kind of and what you do you wonder, Shaq, I mean, we just talked about CTE. There's got to be some in there with Tito as well, because you just You're hear right. the way he talks sometimes. There, there's not a lot of, I mean, there's some stuff that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. So um, again, look, if you guys want to laugh at him, go for it. But for me, it's just like, uh, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's kind of a bummer. To be I, I do hope that his uh, brain health is okay. Of course, don't ever want, don't ever wish that on anyone. Um, okay. Sort of a hybrid. Oh, actually, no, no, we'll, we'll save this one up for the end. It's a bit of a hybrid winner loser situation um but the next one i want to touch on is junior dos santos who has been on quite a campaign petitioning his re- recent loss to do you know how to pronounce the guy's last name cereal gane C- yeah it's uh cereal gain cereal gain g-a-i-n that's perfect how you pronounce uh, it. thank yeah. you for the john anik interpretation right there no worries uh anywho he lost a, a fight via second round ko tko i think it was yeah uh, and it was pretty apparent to just about everyone not named Junior Dos Santos and company that it was a clean loss. He claims uh, elbows to the back of the head. should uh, It should be overturned to some sort of disqualification or no contest. And listen, I am totally... I, I get Junior Dos Santos' position. Not on a great run right now. Still has aspirations. Um, it's, you know, it, it hurts to lose. It hurts to get physically harmed. It hurts to have it done so on a national stage. And if he feels wrong... 
he feels wronged. But here's where I'm kind of going to draw the line, and you can call me a SJW, soy boy, whatever you want. Uh, but what, I got a headline over at Fight Flame MMA, and it reads, Junior Dos Santos bizarrely compares serial gain loss to rape. Ooh. There are some lines that I don't think. Yeah, you can't do that. Not in, this, not, not in this day and age. No. Yeah, you and, can't... and it's funny because he even knew he shouldn't do it before he did it. But he said, quote, uh, in terms of comparison, which is not even supposed to be used, it is like the victim being guilty of crime, theft, murder, rape. That quote especially does not age well with the Urban Rivera news. But, like, come on, JDS. Come on. Yeah, you, it's unfortunate. You know, Junior Juniors might be one of the nicest guys in the sport. Uh, it's unfortunate. He he must not have really good people around him right now because not not just because of that statement, but dude, why are you going on about this? Like everyone is. I mean, I think most. I think ninety percent of people that watched that fight thought it was clean. It was fine. I think it has more to do with the fact that he's lost four in a row and his career is probably coming to an end at this point. And I think that's more of what this comes to. And then, yeah, he gives a really bad, uh, you know, analogy. I think in general, if you're going to give interviews, stay away from politics and domestic violence and any like taboo topics. I think that's just, you're, you're in the clear if you don't compare anything to any of those things and, and you'll be fine. And look, I get his frustration. I mean, he, this is a former UFC champion who I'm sure in his head still feels like he can compete at a high level, but he just can't at this point. And I think this is also where the UFC he's got to step in and say look we'll hook you up with some sort of job you've done a lot for us you gave us a lot of good fights but it's it's the end of the road here if you can't beat a prospect that's your sign that you're on your way out and and i think at his age even though he's not super old he's you know 36 um which same age as me it's exactly not very old but uh but you get in general like i just think he's gotta i think he's gotta take a step back and, and just let this thing go and just yeah leave it as it is james lynch you climbed all the stairs of cn tower in one go you are not old my man no, I know. You're 17 minutes and 47 seconds I did that. it in, too. Wonderful. That was years ago, though. By the way, that was that was one of the toughest things I've ever done. I know that was in the uh, three facts I gave you. My wife and I did it. This was before we were married. Oh. And uh, we still managed to stay married after doing that because it's, it was tough. You, literally, bottom of the stairs at CN Tower, all the way up. I'll give you a quick story on this. I was like, I can probably jog this thing. It's not a big deal. When I got to whatever floor it was, I think it was like floor 26. I was like, I can't keep this pace up. The elevation is just like anything I've never experienced. It was something I've never experienced before. And like the grouse grind, which I'm sure you've done, is like a piece of cake compared to this. Yeah, it was, it was uh, tough. The grouse grind for those who aren't in Vancouver, I assume none of you are. Uh, it was just <laughs> a, you know, a, a steep climb up a mountain. I, I will say one time, and this was totally my bad, but I... Uh, me and my friend were on our way up and we didn't it was one of my first times doing it maybe my second time ever first time without like my dad and i didn't quite realize how long of a trek it was going to be and i wasn't going to make it to the top before my work shift started so i had to be that guy that walked back down the grouse grind the entire time you think canadians are nice just wait just wait until you try going back down the grouse grind people were absolutely vicious (laughs) Yeah, no, that's and there's not a lot of space on there either. No. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I don't envy do that, that being in that position. Yes. Uh, okay, we're gonna get some comments about JDS. Um, Waleed Reed chimes in, says JDS should fight Olenek. He's a guy who's ranked in the top fifteen his age and doesn't have the biggest knockout power. I'm all for old man fights. If you're gonna keep fighting and it's clear that your sort of title contention days are over, just lump the old people together. Well, uh, Linux uh, fighting, I just remembered he is fighting. Who is he fighting? He's fighting Chris Dawkins coming up here. So the same sort of matchmaking, right? Like Dawkins is a prospect. So they're giving a Linux him. I don't even think that makes sense. Like even if a Linux, let, let's say the, let's say that fight fell out and JDS did step in. Then, then, then what do you do with JDS? You, you're going to have to give him another prospect. 
right? And I think a lot of these guys right now are just too too fast for him. And you just the, the concern with me is I, it's it's one thing to lose a fight, but to get knocked out, he's been knocked out in all of those yeah. losses. That that's that's where we're starting to get in, into Chuck Liddell territory, and you don't want to see that. Yeah, I think once you uh, are sort of suffering not KO loss after KO loss, there's a definitely definitely a health question. I do think in regards to the matchmaking, there is a line somewhere where it's like you as a legend are so compromised that a prospect isn't going to generate enough buzz or momentum off beating you. I think that's the point where I like um, old man matchups where the juice isn't worth the squeeze in terms of building names off that person. So just sort of combine the name power, you know, the kind of Matt Brown, Carlos Condit territory. I don't think at this point, here's a better example. And sorry to interrupt you. Like, like let's say Overeem loses his next fight to Volkov. If you want to give Overeem a vet after this, I'm cool with that. Cause that's just, you know, he's, he's trying to get like, he's in a better spot at this point. He's not coming off a bunch of losses, but a guy who's lost four in a row should not be fighting. I I, I mean, if it wasn't junior Dos Santos, he'd be out of here right now. Right. He'd be, he'd be released. All right. Uh, And then we can talk about this one too. Joseph Boza says, is it crazy? that Dana White is pushing for Edwards and Chimaev to happen when Chimaev got uh, had to. <laughs> Thank you, Joseph. He says, when Chimaev got it. Appreciate the discretion. You know how YouTube loves to suppress content. Oh, um, right. Edwards volunteered to stay on UFC Fight Island 8, fight either Neil Magny or Michael Chiesa. UFC said no. We're going to elevate Chiesa versus Magny to the main event, and we're going to rebook Edwards versus Chimaev. Um what is it about this fight that the UFC is so intent on happening? Do they just they really... want Hamzat Shimaev to fight for a title? It's so obvious to me. I don't know how a lot of people don't see this. I'm not throwing any shade your way, but um, it's it's blatantly obvious here. A lot of what people don't realize, I don't think, is that it's not about Leon Edwards. It's about the ranking. Mm-hmm. If he goes and beats the number three guy, that's an easy sell for a title shot, right? And conversely for Leon Edwards, this is exactly the type of fight he needs. What what better to get your name back in the forefront of you know being a, a good welterweight fighter than fighting the hottest guy in the division right now or hottest guy in MMA right now? Um, Shimai was the talk of the town last year. Like everyone was talking about this guy. I can tell you because any piece of content I did even closely resembling Hamzat Shimaev did very well. There's a lot of interest in this guy. There's a lot of intrigue. There's people convinced that Shimaev is going to starch Leon Edwards in the first round. I'm not one of those people, but that's what makes the fight so interesting. You've got a guy who has three wins over three unranked opponents fighting a number three guy in the division. This just doesn't happen every day. I'm fine with the rebooking. I think it's uh, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, for Chimaev, if he wins, I know they're going to give him the title shot. I think he's going to jump the line. I think that's what's going to happen. And if Edwards wins, you hope he gets a title shot because he's he doesn't really have a lot of upside for for fighting an unranked guy like this. But at the same time, like I, I think I think just with the way the you know the pieces are moving in the division with Wonder Boy being out with a lot of these other fighters booked up, I think that makes more sense than having Leon fight uh, Michael Chiesa or Neil Magny. Chiesa Magny is a great fight rankings wise. It makes sense. Is it a main event for a fight night? I'm I'm fine with that. I mean I think people got to look. We're getting three cards in the span of a week, right? With that, so it's, yeah. it's all good by me. Yeah, I think. Um... As someone who doesn't have the sort of technical insight into the fight game to draw predictions off of uh, the actual components of the fight, I look a lot to experience, um, time off, history of injury, stuff like that. And so obviously Leon Edwards should be your favorite going into this if that is the criteria under which you're operating. But I will say with every passing day in my brain, the line moves ever so slightly closer to Chimaev because it seems now... By the time Leon Edwards gets back into the cage, it's going to be almost two years. And between True. the layoff and just how much shit uh, Leon Edwards has taken from fans, from the UFC, 
it, it's clear it's weighing on him. He's made some poor decisions in terms of accepting fights. Like, turning down the Wonder Boy fight, I thought was a big mistake on his part. It was a fight that made a whole lot of sense to me in terms of rankings, name value, and upside. Um, I can't help but wonder where Liam Ed- Leon Edwards' mindset is going to be going into that fight. Because Chimeyev is obviously on cloud nine, and Leon has a lot weighing on his mind right now. Yeah, see, I, I, I think, yeah, Wonderboy could have been the only fight I think you could make in terms of rankings, in terms of name value, but I think Chimaev's got more hype right now. Yes. Like, if you beat this hype guy, that's, like, I think if he had beat Wonderboy, I think they, they would probably still keep him away from a title shot. But with Chimaev, because he's got so much hype, they're calling him the next Habib, that sort of gets you back in that conversation. It's all about hype. It's like Masvidal, right? Like, he, you know, the year before, he beats... Till Askren, and then he beats Nate Diaz. Like, a win over Nate Diaz should not get you a title shot, but because it was such a big fight, because it was promoted well, nobody had a problem with him fighting Kamaru Usman, right? So yeah. that's, I think it's the same sort of logic here with Edwards. And we got to be fair to Leon a little bit here. I mean, he was supposed to fight Woodley. It was canceled because of COVID or couldn't get over to the U.S. Supposed to fight Usman and for the title when Burns was out. Couldn't get over there because of COVID as well. So it, a lot of it is just him being in the UK and they're really being strict with COVID as well. So I, I give him a little bit of a pass there. But yeah, if you wanted to make one critique, maybe the Wonder Boy fight would have worked out a little bit better. But it's 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 tough to say. Yeah, yeah. When one door closes, another opens. Um, as we begin to sort of wind down on the show here, I have one last winner-loser hybrid. But I'm wondering if there's anyone you want to get to not named Mike Perry. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that happen. I feel like... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm coming up with a blank here. That's as okay. far as uh, as I've far been, as other stuff going on, I've been. Blissfully... Ask me, ask me at the last minute. Oh, I'll, I'll actually I'll mention one thing that's kind of interesting. So, if you guys don't know, I have a show every week with uh, with Chris Cyborg and uh, on her channel called The Catch Up. And Chris expressed interest in potentially fighting Kayla Harrison mm-hmm. at 155. Uh, you know, the beauty with Bellator is that they're a lot more flexible when it comes to making fights and. I don't know if Kayla and Chris would ever fight in Bellator. Maybe Bellator would let Chris out of her. I don't know. There's, it seems like there's more flexibility than, say, if this fight was, if Cyborg was in the UFC right now. So the potential of a Cyborg-Kayla Harrison fight is very interesting just because I know Cyborg's got way more experience and obviously she's you know, proven herself as a champion. But uh, there is that intrigue with a young, hungry fighter like Kayla Harrison who has such an elite skill set with her judo. And now with her striking, we've seen that you know, in, the, in the fight with Courtney King. So um, if that could come to fruition, that's another big fight that could potentially happen outside the UFC. Okay, uh, last one, hybrid winner-loser of the week. I'm going to give a shout-out to Mike Perry. I'll start with the loss first, because even I'm not a big enough jerk to deprive him of this win. Uh, first of all, what on earth happened to Mike Perry? We see earlier this week, he's drinking on a boat with uh, Latore Gonzalez. Next thing you know, he's laying down on a, what, like a hotel floor somewhere, broken glass, his leg has a bad gash on it, blood everywhere. Uh, it's... You know, it it's it just sort of becoming... It, it hurts when you start becoming apathetic as opposed to empathetic, right? When it becomes such a pattern, they're like, oh, there goes Mike again. And uh, someone mentioned... I, I can't remember if it was here on the chat. Uh, yeah, it was here on the chat. And I don't really want to compare the two situations too much. But, you know, in light of the Irwin Rivera situation, this person says, like, hopefully this is some sort of wake-up call for Mike Perry to get himself in check. Like, as for you as as an observer like how do you feel when you see mike perry laying on the floor there with a whole bunch of blood it's nothing but tragic i mean say what you look mike perry said a lot of dumb things i'm not going to talk about mike perry the person and what you think about some of his language so to speak right like i mean he said a lot of dumb things we don't even need to get into that but i mean here's a guy that's just self-destructing right in front of our eyes i mean it's not even just this thing where he hurt you know the the cut on his leg 
um, you know, the, the incident at the bar where he's getting into the fight with the old guy, like you just can't do stuff like that as a professional athlete. You can't do that period. I mean, as a grown adult and this guy's going to be a father, like, I mean, you got to get your shit together. I mean, as a fellow dad, like it, it does come with a certain responsibility. Now it's not just about you. It's about who you're going to be raising in the future. And, uh, I, I think he, and, you know, we talked about this earlier with, uh, you know, with, um, uh, JDS and, and, uh, you know, I think you got to get better people around you. Like, you know, I'm not going to tell people how to do their job, but at the same time, like I, I would take his phone away. I would get him some help. Um, he's not in a state right now to be, I think, fighting or doing anything. And I think, and I wonder if the UFC should say something and say, look, like we're going to, we're going to keep this guy. We're going to make sure he doesn't get a fight next until he gets things in order, because you can't be doing stuff like that. Like he's, you know, I don't know what caused the, uh, the, the broken leg. I mean, there was a broken window, right? Maybe did he jump through? Did he kick it? Either way, this guy's got to stop drinking. He needs, he needs help. I mean, there's no other way to, to put it. Mike Perry needs a lot of help right yeah, now. Yeah, and this is what's confusing about the situation because after the incident where he knocked out the old man outside the restaurant, I think the UFC put out a, uh, sent out a statement to reporters saying, hey, we're going to get this guy some anger management or something. And I don't know if that even materialized because next thing you know, he's got like another fight booked a week after. Um Dana White clearly seems interested in keeping, you know, anytime my, the, you know, the allegations um, from his ex are brought up or racist language he's used or people he's hurt himself or otherwise outside of the cage, you just kind of see Dana White dismiss it because I guess he likes Mike Perry as a UFC commodity. But isn't there a point at which you'd be like, it's probably in everyone's best interest to make sure this guy, and maybe they are doing it behind the scenes. I can't speak to that, but if they're not, Shouldn't they really make it an, a, like a hard effort to get this guy the help he needs? Because at this point, at this rate, it's going to be out of the UFC's hands whether Mike Perry fights or not because he's going down a road possibly of no return. I don't want to use a really, you know, severe example here, but this does kind of look a little bit like, you know, War Machine years ago. I mean, it wasn't substance abuse with him. I mean, he had a lot of issues with steroids and all this stuff where you could just see he wasn't in the in the right frame of mind. Um, you do wonder if, if Perry's heading in that same direction. And if you're the UFC, I mean, what are you getting with Mike Perry at this point? He was bragging about eating cheeseburgers leading into his last fight. He missed weight. Um, you didn't even fight that well. Like, what are you getting with Mike Perry? Is it really worth this much of a headache to deal with it? I mean, I think if it was any other fighter, if this was a prelim fighter, they'd be out of here. It's so quickly, you know, you, they wouldn't even think twice about it. But the fact that he's still on the roster and they're not, you know, you know, pointing this out, like, think about it. If this happened in the NFL or something, if there was a player who, you know, posted a video like this, it would be all over ESPN. Everyone would be talking about it. And then the NFL would suspend them immediately and be like, you can't act like this as a, as a representative of our sport. But with the UFC, they're always slow to the, you know, slow to the uh, mark, so to speak. So um, yeah, it's something's got to change here with Mike Perry. And I think a lot of it is just someone, the people around him got to step in and say, dude, chill out. You gotta, you gotta get some help. Yeah. If I were to take an absolute shot in the dark at what's going through the UFC's mind, I'm sure they have some metrics showing that Perry has a big audience amongst a section of MMA fans that I'm not a personal fan of. No. Um, but I do want to end this Mike Perry conversation by congratulating him. Him and Latoria Gonzalez uh, welcome a newborn baby boy. Ocean Mike Perry, if I'm not mistaken, is the child's name. So, like you said, you know, uh, parenthood is a is a powerful tool. So hopefully, the birth of their boy uh, serves as a you know a, an important call, fork yeah. in the road for Mike Perry. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Last thing. You are going to be put in the interrogation chair for a moment. I'm going to put the it. one shot on you. James Lynch. Sure. Uh, take a look at the note to James's right. First fun fact: enjoys cold apple pie. 
I need you to defend this for everyone on the show. Yeah, I, I just don't like apple pie warm. I don't know why. I, I, I like a lot of things that are, that are cold, and that's not my personality. I think anyone who knows me, I'm a very warm person. But when it comes to certain desserts, when it comes to certain foods, I like stuff cold. You know, um, a, a, apple pie is one of them. I find you can taste the apple better with, when it's colder. Um, I don't know what it is. I like cold drinks. I like cold coffee. I'm drinking cold coffee, by the way, Shaq. You didn't ask what I was drinking today, but this is cold brew coffee from a Ninja coffee machine, which I bought. Best investment I've made probably in years that I you know, grind up the ice, put the coffee in, make it. I've got like a huge pot that I drink over the course of a couple of days and then I make another one. Um, yeah, I just, I like a lot of stuff cold. Maybe it's because we're up here in Canada, which by the way, I got to point out to people because people think that everywhere in Canada, it's snowing like and we're you know, having, having dogs slay us around. <laughs> I haven't got, I haven't got, I think we had snow for like maybe five minutes here, yeah. uh, maybe back in December uh, where I am in, in Twasson, but um, in general, like it doesn't snow here that much. So, but yeah, when it comes to desserts, I like, I like them cold to the point of where I'll just give you my strategy shack. Like if we have dinner, if I'm at my grandparents' house, I will request, if I know we're having any type of pie, I will ask to take a slice of that pie, put it in the freezer while everyone else heats up their pie. And I will have freezer uh, done pie. That's how much I enjoy it. James Lynch, prima donna. You're, you're going to be the type of guy who asks uh, the help to separate the M&Ms by color. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't do that. But the, I'm just, I, li I like stuff cold. That's yeah. just, a, my family knows that. My friends know that. It's just, it's just how I roll. W will you concede for a uh, hot, warm apple pie with a cold topping of ice cream? Yeah, I could potentially do that. But I, I don't, I just like pie on its own. I don't even, I don't even need to have it with ice cream. To me, they're two separate things. I would rather have the ice cream on its own and then the pie on its own. But I will say this, uh, if we're going to McDonald's, and we're going to have apple pie there. I don't mind if it's a little bit warm. That's fine because that's gonna, a little bit different. I think I think McDonald's apple pie cold probably doesn't taste as good as homemade. I apple was going to ask you. Uh, yeah, that that stuff's underrated. In fact, Black Sheep says in the comments, put a hot McDonald's apple pie into their ice cream in a cup. Thank me later. So, yeah. Okay. So, good something call, to consider. Good call. I, I, there, there's there's where I can you know find a common ground for sure. Okay. Uh, as we wrap up here, guys, one last reminder: like, subscribe, tap the notification bell. Uh, if we did a good job today. Leave a little super chat donation to make myself and upper management happy. Now, if you want to be a winner, like Max Holloway, like Paige Van Zant, you can go pick up yourself some James Lynch merch. James, right, tell people like about the clothes. Tell people about the gazillion podcasts that you do. Yeah, it is, and I actually just added another one this I'm week. Sure, but, I'm uh, sure well, you did. That, that'll, that'll, that'll be uh, that'll be getting announced in, in the coming weeks. Um, yeah. Well, first off, thanks for having me on. By the way, I wanted to take this quick opportunity to congratulate Sean. I know he just re-upped with Fightful uh, for a couple more years, and I saw the Wrestling Channel, and you, you mentioned the MMA Channel, but I know the Wrestling Channel. They've just been killing it. I know they put the Clips Channel out now that hit a thousand views. So just congratulations to all the hard work you guys are doing. Like, I'm not even a big pro wrestling fan, but I do check out a lot of the content because it's just it's cool. You know, it's it's quick and easy. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out. To to everyone uh, at, at the site because I do uh, I really enjoyed working there when I when I was there. Uh, Jeremy Lambert, by the way, killing it. Love Jeremy, great guy. Um, yeah, and uh, as far as me, at Lynch on Sports, Twitter, Instagram, my YouTube channel, same thing, YouTube.com/slash Lynch on Sports, and on that channel, check you will find a link to my Teespring store where you can get cool looking shirts like this one, mugs. Uh, whatever you need, hats, socks. I've got a bit of everything. It's just a, an easy way to, to kind of market myself a little bit. And uh, you can find all my interviews on there too. A lot of people know that I work for like 12 outlets, but uh, I put all my content and playlists on my channel. So it's easy to find. It's all in one spot. And uh, thanks for having me on, man. It was great. Hey, man. Uh, you, you know how this works. I will become, I'll come back crawling again uh, because the show is better when you are on it. Okay, guys, that is all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. A big shout out to both 
the lively live chat today, as well as our audio-only downloaders who always keep us afloat, keep us doing what we do. Uh, until next time, time for that terrible, terrible outro. I'm Shaquille Madjuri, and stay tuned for everything fightful and so delightful. Peace out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.